This is the Beautiful Feet Podcast. A partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. My name's Anthony. And I'm Jessica. And this month, actually, we're taking some time to go over the book of Esther, correct? Correct. So, for the month of August, we will be taking a look at the book of Esther. And in order to do this, we're really kind of partnering it up with the Wrestling with Faith podcast. So, we're going to, alongside of that, talk about various women in the WWE or in just professional wrestling in general um, who either have made an impact or who I'm just a fan of so um yeah so it's i guess in it like women empowerment type of month sure um when i was sitting down to plan out a summer podcast i realized it's been a little while since we've done a book of the bible and i figured because esther has 10 chapters and august has five weeks we'll go ahead we'll do two chapters a week and we'll just have a very fun story time all together Alright, so, let's go ahead and jump into it, right? So, Esther, what do we got? So, the book of Esther is a book in the Old Testament, which is the collection of works that predated Christianity. Um, And looking at the history of things, we're going to be spending a lot of time in Persia during the course of our story. Alright, we're going to Persia. Pack yo bags. Now, Anthony and I, uh, we're talking about the fact that there are some more kid-friendly versions of Esther. But that if you look at the actual original text, this definitely gets into some PG-13 territory very fast, like very quickly. So before we get into the actual scripture of Esther, right, let's go through the background. Like where was it written, who wrote it, those, those type of facts. So we don't actually know who wrote the book of Esther, um, but the events of the book take place between 483 and 481, or sorry, 483 and 471 BC. So again, just about 400 years before the birth of Christ. Well, there you go. And we are going to be in Susa, S-U-S-A. I'm assuming it's pronounced Susa, but I don't actually know. But this is the capital city of Persia, and it's a royal city that was built by a king. And the information that we are gathering this from comes from currently my favorite version of the bible the niv adventure bible polar exploration edition it's billed as the number one bible for kids so i have to say one of uh one of the agents at my work um found out about the podcast and was listening to a few episodes they came up to me and were like do you know what kind of Bible, like, your wife is using? And I'm like, well, yeah. And they kept asking me for, like, (laughs) 
what it looks like because I think they want to buy one for themselves. Oh, that's so cute. We'll have to like take a, a picture of the cover photo or something. Yeah. And they have like different explorer editions. Like there's a jungle one available. But I love penguins and polar bears and this literally has polar bears it, on the front cover. It's because so. you live in the desert and you're like, I want snow. Yes, I really do. That's an entirely different um, podcast. Yes. Okay, so Esther, let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. Um. Well. And just to already jump in and just jump over you, um, we are going to be reviewing the chapter. We're not reading each and every chapter each week. So we highly recommend that you guys take time, read it for yourselves, and even find commentaries and sermons uh, you know, about this book that might give you context. Because we're only going to do an overview, correct? Yes. Alright. You've been warned. Overview. Read it for yourself. <laughs> so, in Esther chapter 1, we see King Xerxes divorces Queen Vashti. In Esther chapter 2, Esther becomes queen. Like, boom. That's the Reader's Digest version of what we're going to cover today. Well, it was fun talking to you guys. I know, right? Um, okay. So, Xerxes rules 127 provinces. Which means he's hashtag kind of a big deal. <laughs> My first thought was, so he's basically a district manager... <laughs> That's in charge of multiple stores. Sorry, guys. So, he, basically, because he has money and he wants to show that fact off, for 180 days, he throws a party. That's like six months, I, right? I, sure. I can't even well, throw a party days, for 160 days. 90 days is three months. Yeah, dude, this, that, this is... This is a party. I can't. We can't even throw a party for 180 minutes, much less <laughs> 180 days. So after this, like after this, so that party, after that is done, he throws another party. This one is for seven days, and the party that lasted for seven days. It's like, okay, this is a banquet. So the people who were coming to this six-month-long <laughs> celebration Fiesta, were, Fiesta. were people who were more in the nobility. They were, again, like people who were taking care of his provinces on his behalf. But this banquet is opened up to everyone. Because they held the banquet in a garden. And it said... Uh, doo -doo -doo, sorry, I totally lost my train of thought here. Okay. So, for this banquet in the garden that is going to last for a week, the king is like, okay, like you guys think that you have partied like now we are going to pull out all the stops. And 
he instructs the wine stewards to just be like, serve as much wine to the men as they want to have. Like, if we were to take this into our modern day context, it would be like a restaurant owner telling the barkeeps or the people who are running the bar, like, don't cut them off. Give them as much as they want to drink. So this is what Xerxes is doing while he's hanging out with the guys. Queen Vashti, with the gals, is also having her own party. Do you want to jump in there? Or I was like, just okay. going to say, like, man, this, <laughs> like, again, like, this is a different type of living. This is some, like, Kardashian-type stuff. So while King Xerxes is having this party, Queen Vashti is giving a party in the royal palace for the women there. Now, King Xerxes and his friends, co-workers, compatriots, however you want to put it. He's rich. He ain't got co-workers. <laughs> this they... guy owns provinces. He <coughs> is like, have Queen Vashti appear before me. So basically, he wants to take her from her party to his party to show her off to his friends. Okay, you gotta love how rich he is. That he doesn't go get his wife. He's like, summon my wife. And she refuses to attend to him. Like, she's like, dude, well, I have my own party. I'm smashed over here. <laughs> I can't even see straight. You really want me to walk over there? And so, the royal advisors to the king are like, hey, like, she's not going to come to your party. And because of this, he has some chit-chats with his royal advisors, and so they get divorced. <laughs> like, I wish I was joking, but that is literally what happened. Like, fine. I, you don't want to come to my party? You we, are banished from my kingdom. Can we be a fly on the wall of that court proceeding? You want to divorce her because she wouldn't walk from the building to the yard? Really? Well, and here's the rationale behind it. Oh, I can't wait. He was like, okay, if the queen can act in this way and be like, I don't want to listen to the king, what kind of behavior is this going to inspire in the women of our kingdom? If their queen is like, no, I'm good, then all of the other women are going to be like, no, I don't have to do what you want me to do. Can somebody spell patriarchy? <laughs> so, um, I think we should sit here for a second because <laughs> this, okay, so this is one of the biggest, I think, issues that people have like with the Bible of mm -hmm. like, oh, it promotes the patriarchy. It promotes uh, slavery and like they, they use it to, to say that it promotes this. When, from my point of view, this is a, simply a retelling of history. It's not saying what, what the king did was right. What are your thoughts on that? Well, and the king is like, hey, so legally speaking, did the queen do anything wrong? And they're like, legally speaking, no. 
But again, their rationale was, we want these women to respect their husbands. Mm -hmm. So he literally made it like an edict, like a royal decree. So again, his 127 provinces, everybody got notified in their own native language of like, hey, boom. It's, it'd be like going to the grocery store and picking up a tabloid and being, King Xerxes divorces Queen Vashti. Like, everybody was going to know this news. Yeah. But, I mean, but you see what I'm saying, though? How, like, you could easily turn this aspect of the story into this is why I don't believe in the Bible or this is why I don't study it because it promotes the patriarchy of, like, of men overpowering women. I don't think that's what it... Yes, that's what happened, but that's... That's just a historical event. That doesn't mean that we promote that historical... Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Honestly, from King Xerxes' point of view, I can see that he was probably really embarrassed. Oh, but yeah. from the queen's point of view, I can see why she did not want to come out to the garden. Yeah. He and all of his friends are getting... Com like, they are not getting drunk. They are completely plastered. And she's like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm having my own time over here. Um, but yeah, I, I just paused there just to kind of have that discussion of like, just because something did happen historically and is recorded in the Bible does not mean that it's morally right or that's what God approves of. Obviously, this king is not a godly man uh, that we... We don't have any record of him being a man of God. See, at this point, I'm going to assume that he is not a godly person because he is literally like, hey, I'm part of the Babylonian Empire. Yeah. We're going to have multiple gods. So, like, he might have had a religious background. Yeah. It was not going to be Judaism. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah. He's the, I don't, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. He's that person. <laughs> See, I feel like he's just living it up. Like how the Bible's like, oh, you can't worship God and money. He's like, I choose my bank account. Yo. Yeah, I can see money. Uh, okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, now Queen Vashti is out of the picture. King Xerxes was like, okay. I have my little edict that is like, by the way, <laughs> so in addition to being like, okay, Queen Vashti, I divorce you, a part of this edict, so the email blast, the newsletter, the Twitter update, like a part of this, hey, everyone in the kingdom is going to know about this. By the way, I'm divorced, now accepting applications. <laughs> Where's the next one? <laughs> like, it literally was, hey, are you a beautiful young woman? Come to the palace. We'll see if you are going to be pleasing to me. That just kind of made my stomach hurt. I know, right? Like, it is such a misogynistic again, thing to do. <laughs> like, This is just... This is... <laughs> This is wealth being wealthy of like, it doesn't matter what you as a female want. 
Are you pleasing to me? And I don't even want to know what they had to do to prove their, their be, to whether they would be pleasing to him. I don't think it was just, oh, she looks nice. and. So that's one of the things we're going to cover in Chapter 2. All right, let's get there. So, <laughs> I still have just, like, the audacity of, like, y'all know I'm single, right? Bow before me. But I, that's, that's essentially what he's asking them to do. It's literally like that um that that sort of saying of like before the ink was dry on his divorce papers like that is literally what is going on here. Yeah, did she even move out at this point? Like it sounds yes. like it was immediately like she okay had, she's gone come on in. She had left. He'd been angry about it. He'd given himself some time. Like he had kind of forgotten about. This, and then it was like, hey, oh yeah, by the way, that's my next thing to do. Yeah. Find a queen. Alright. So I feel like this might kind of play out almost like an exaggerated season of The Bachelor. The Bachelor King Xerxes edition. Like, this is what it reminds me of. So, my- you don't get the golden <laughs> crown. Yeah, I never thought about it this way. This is going to be a great book of the Bible. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Esther chapter 1, King Xerxes divorces Queen Vashti. <laughs> Esther chapter 2 is literally Esther made queen. So now we get to um, we get to peek behind the curtain of The Bachelor, King Xerxes edition. So for this process... You were like, hey, so what goes into this? The king literally had commissioners in every province of his realm. Remember, he has 127 provinces. So that means there's at least 127 men out there being like, hey, so do you want your chance to be queen? Um, they literally create a harem for the layman people in the audience not me i know exactly what you're talking about wink wink hint hint (laughs) what is a harem so what they're doing is in so in persia the capital city is susa and within susa they're like okay we are literally going to create an area where these prospective future hopeful queens to be get to hang out. Okay. So this is the thing that they're going to do. They get beauty treatments. So again, using our bachelor model, these women are going to be taken and they're going to be getting like their hair done. I mean, it, it literally describes of like they have. Uh, let me find it. There's six months of. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Okay, so from Esther chapter two, starting at verse twelve, before a young woman's turn came to go into King Xerxes, she had to complete twelve months of beauty treatments prescribed for all the women. 
six months with oil of myrrh, and six with perfumes and cosmetics. And this is how she would go to the king. Anything she wanted was given to her to take with her from the harem to the king's palace. And in the evening she would go there, and in the morning she would return to another part of the harem. And it said she would not return to the king unless he was pleased with her and summoned her by name. So essentially what we have here is we're going to give you a taste of what your life will be like with the king to make it seem uh, pleasing to you, right? Because I imagine they're taking young, they're taking young women or honestly, let's Let's be honest, they're probably under the age of 18 or right around that age, right? We don't have, it doesn't say, they just said that they were virgins. Um, but they're like, okay, and probably very, I would imagine they're either poor or they're not as well off as he is, obviously, because he's king. And they're giving them a taste of like, this is what it would be like of you being queen, right? Because this is a way that he's going to kind of hide his really rude and like I own you behavior right is by making it seem like oh well you get all these riches and all this all this money and all this food and all the finer things in life but yeah I'm gonna treat you like property and we know that King Xerxes found Esther attractive like it literally points that out in the text that because of this she was given the beauty treatments and a special diet. So she had like ultimate access to everything that would be at her disposal to prepare herself again for an entire year to get ready to have this encounter with the king. Mm -hmm. But you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, yeah, we're going to make it seem amazing but we all know i mean you've watched enough period piece tv to know that women were not respected even when they were queens yeah now unless you're like what queen elizabeth or whatever and there was no <laughs> husband but um was it queen elizabeth am i thinking of that anyway where like they didn't have a husband and they were like mm -hmm. no you got to step down and she was like <laughs> good luck um so in that case, it was it was different, but most of the time, Queen was just a glorified, like, you're just property, to keep it PG. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's another thing, like, this story is definitely not a PG moment in time here. No, 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 no. Um, we yeah. <laughs> literally... The end of chapter two is going to be someone named Mordecai has uncovered an assassination attempt against the king, and those two possible assassins are then impaled on poles. So we've had debauchery, divorce, assassination attempts. And this is only chapter two, people. We still have eight more chapters this to go. This is going to be a fun ride. Is there anything else we need to talk about in these two chapters? So. Again, guys, overview. 
for the details. Read it for yourself. Read it when your kids go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> or read it to your kids if, you, if you're brave. I don't know. I'm not your dad. I ain't going to tell you what to do. So we know that Esther becomes queen. Spoiler. And the king, he gives her the royal crown on her head. He makes her queen. He gives them a great banquet. He makes it a holiday throughout, again, all the provinces. And it says, distributed gifts with royal liberality. So, hashtag, this so king has found his queen. Means. Like, everyone is given license to party. Again, this is another way that it looks great for Esther. It's more about the king. Now, right? here's the secret plot twist that we will be exploring in the rest of the eight chapters to come. King Xerxes, ruler of Persia, has for his new bride a Jewish woman. But he does not know that she is a Jew. Yes, she's withholding information, uh, which I imagine at the time she could be killed for. It was specifically... I'm surprised his, his first queen just got divorced. It was specifically at the advice and request of her uncle, Mordecai, to be like, Hey, don't tell anyone about your heritage. They don't like our heritage. Just basically what he's saying. And he's like, yeah, they'll probably just dispose of you. And I don't want that to happen. Well, and during the year that she was preparing to meet the king, he literally was like, okay, like, I'm just going to be walking kind of maybe nearby this gate so I can check up on you. Mordecai? Yes, Mordecai. Okay. Can't, can't just say he. There's a couple he's in this story. <laughs> There's only one she. Because Esther's parents have died. So, Mordecai had taken her in and raised her. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, that's that's pretty much our recap of Esther chapter 1 and 2. Well, and what we're going to see, and I think the reason why this is in the Bible, um, one, it, it, it centers around Esther. Um, so, we're going to see that she's not, like, we're going to see her strength, right? Mm -hmm. We're not just going to see her being submissive to a king. We're going to see some amazing stuff uh, that she does, that God does, and just everything in the middle. It, it for a little soundbite of what to look forward to for next week, my words to treasure from Esther chapter 4 verse 16 says, I will go to the king even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So we are yeah. going to see her courage on display we next week are going <laughs> to see a lot. Anyway, what is your takeaway from these two chapters? Well, honestly, I I feel like, again, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up going to a Christian elementary school. I had, like, charter schools and other things for junior high and the first year of high school. I had three years in Christian high school. I did my first year of college at a Christian university, so like, I am definitely not unfamiliar with the story in the book of Esther. Mm -hmm. 
with that being said, it is still one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And why is that? Why do I like it so much? I think because she has a boldness that we could all aspire to. Yeah. Well, and like like we said, we're going to see that. Um... And also, I feel like, from her perspective, like, she could have gotten very conceited and been like, oh, I'm queen now. But she always, her character seems to retain this, like, humble and wise discretionary persona. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things that I was going to say is, um, typically when people discuss, like, a woman's virtue or value, especially from history, it's always like, oh, she was pretty, she was attractive. Like, it's always, like, physical mm-hmm. of some nature, right? Even in the Bible, sometimes the way they uh, uh, describe a woman's virtue sometimes is very uh, physical. That's not in every case, but this is one of those cases where they're like, yes, she is attractive, but what we're going to focus on is, like you said, her courage, her love for her people, um, and we're going to see a lot of that. We're going to see a lot of characteristics, and I think that's why this is such a open, uh, not open, but like um, such an example of womanhood, you know, and what that looks like. And again, I'm a guy. I don't know anything about womanhood. But I could, like, that's the way I'm perceiving it of like, look, here's how women were treated. You could see he divorced his wife because he asked her to come in and she said no. Like, that's some, that's privilege at its finest. Um, Have you seen the movie One Night with the King? No. Oh. But doesn't, who who's in that? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But I do believe it is like a movie adaptation of the story of Esther. So we may be watching that and talking about it. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be fun. One, just to see the patriarchy at the time. But two, to see her be like, look, I am going to use the authority that I've been given as queen to help those that need help. Well... We're going to go ahead, we're going to cut to commercial break, and when we come back, we will have the Wrestling With Faith podcast for this week. Alright, we'll be right back with the Wrestling With Faith podcast. Welcome to Wrestling With Faith. My name's Anthony. And I'm Jessica. And since we're partnering up with the Beautiful Feet podcast to talk about the book of Esther, um, for this month of wrestling we're gonna be talking about you almost said month of esther didn't you yes i don't know (laughs) for this month of wrestling we're gonna be talking about every week we're gonna talk about different women in professional wrestling so we're gonna be talking about some in-ring work we're gonna be talking about like a little bit of biography um but we're just gonna talk about like accomplishments right so this week only figured it was like fitting <laughs> to talk about actually this is very fitting we're going to talk about 
Stephanie McMahon. Okay, Stephanie McMahon. Last week was Vince McMahon, so now we're looking so, at his one and only daughter, correct? Y- yes, I mean, that we know of. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. I mean, yes, the, the, as far as we know, he only has two kids, but again. Ooh, could we call her perhaps the princess of professional wrestling? Yeah, we could, especially since when she first came into wrestling, on TV at least, she was known as the Billion Dollar Princess. Oh, perfect. But here's another reason why this is fitting. We talked about in Esther Chapter 1 and 2 how Esther becomes queen, right? Mm-hmm. Well, just recently, Stephen McMahon has become the CEO of the WWE because her dad stepped down. Oh. So guess who's the queen of WWE? Come on now. All hail Stephanie. Basically. So what we're going to do, and again, the information that I'm providing, um, I'm getting from just interviews that I've seen over the years, uh, uh, brief glimpses into just online, like, you know, sources, nothing too substantial. So if I misquote something, I apologize now. Um, He's I'm, like, I'm gonna get that out of the way. Yeah, I'm gonna get that out the way before people start commenting and be like, "Hey, actually, this is what happened." Because remember, we're not professional podcasters. This is truly just a fun hobby for us. Yeah, it's, would we like to have it be our profession? Absolutely. But yeah. these things take so, time. So, uh, WWE, if you want to hire me, I, <laughs> you guys have enough podcasts. I know oh. you do. They do. They have like Corey Graves has one. Um, bunch of people have one, but I know like Corey Graves. Anyway, to back to Stephanie. So, Stephanie McMahon has actually um, been in the wrestling industry in WWE literally her entire life, right? Her dad got it, you know, bought it out in the eighties. So she was a child, right? And literally, she's wanted to do nothing else. Um, now, her on-screen persona, like I said, was known as the Billion Dollar Princess, which was basically, I'm, I'm the princess of everything, and you have to listen to everything I say, and... I'm like, well, gee, that sounds familiar. Yeah, she was a heel, and still is a heel, every time she steps on TV. I, I feel like every time she tries to be a face on TV... It doesn't go well. I don't know if she just doesn't know how to do it or if people are just used to her being the bad guy. So would King Xerxes definitely be a heel in this scenario? Oh, King Xerxes is the biggest heel of them all. Um, But stay focused. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so even though her on-screen persona seems like she was just brought into TV uh, and into storylines... Backstage, that's not the case. Vince McMahon uh, is known for running a tight ship, and that's even worse for his children. Um, She actually started at 13 as a model on WWE TV, not TV, but like on WWE.com, where she would just model like certain merchandise. She's also worked like as a receptionist for WWE. Um... She's also um, 
Yeah, so she's worked as, as a receptionist. She's worked as, uh, you know, assistants. She's done every backstage job from the bottom to the top. Nice. So there's when people look at it and they're like, oh, it's nepotism. The company just gets handed over to his kids. That's not the case. Now, keep in mind, she could have left at any time. It wasn't, I have to hand this down to you so you're going to learn it. She loves the company and she wanted to work there. Mm -hmm. So when she graduated college and when she graduated college and she had the opportunity to like start looking for work elsewhere, she stayed with the WWE. And again, she answered, she answered phones. She did everything backstage to the point where she was just, uh, according to an interview with, I want to say, Chris Jericho. Um, she basically was just following her dad around, like, as his, as his like, assistant or whatever, right? Just can to you, learn. Can you imagine calling the WWE and hearing someone on the line say, Hi, I'm Stephanie. Yeah, and, and she did. Now, would she say she's Steph McMahon? Probably not, because she she would then probably get a bunch of random questions that she didn't want. So, yeah. Or, like, you know, when they were shipping out um, merchandise, she helped with that. Like, she did it. She's done it all. So, in my mind, that squashed any nepotism from the company in that in that aspect, right? Um, because she's actually doing the work to learn how the company works mm -hmm. eventually for this moment in time. And again, to go back to the book of Esther, like one of the tag phrases from that is like, for such a time as this, like Queen Esther was created. So we could be like, for such a time as this, Stephanie McMahon was supposed to take over the company, everyone. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's like slightly sacrilegious, but it, it's fine. No. Well, and, and, and one thing, and I'm just going to talk about Shane McMahon for a brief moment. Yes. I know this is her episode, but like, yes, she has an older brother who has his foot in WWE, but he also has business elsewhere. As I say, doesn't he have his own company? He's, I, I don't know if it's a full company, but I know he has other venture, you know, ventures elsewhere that take more of his time, which is why we don't see him in WWE that often. He's not backstage doing the work, but he never really wanted to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's why it's going to her and not him. She's there. Um, now, let's see. Let's, let's go into her in-ring work because... There's not a lot of it there, but when there is, so most of what it is, like I said, she played the princess. She didn't really wrestle a lot. Mm -hmm. So one of um, one of the things that she does talk about in the same uh, uh, interview with Chris Jericho was there's a few things they talked about, which uh, one of them was even though she didn't wrestle, she can slap really hard. Oh, no. And the reason why is because when she first started practicing with, like, the wrestlers before she got on TV, she would, she would pull back her slap 
And they were like, no, 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 don't do that. Because you can see on TV when people pull back, it doesn't look good, right? And so they were like, just slap us. It's fine. We don't care. And, <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever seen her slap somebody. She, I, I don't feel like I have. Okay, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to show you some slaps because she does not. You could hear it through the arena. That stuff hurts. Um, I'm but like, again, not that we're advocating for violence on the show. It's a wrestling show. Okay, it's going to happen. Plus, the people who she's slapping, one, they're aware that they're going to get slapped. And two, they gave consent. She's okay. <laughs> she's not hurting anybody. Um, but I've definitely seen, I don't know who it was, but I saw her slap somebody who's way bigger than her. I'm pretty sure I saw them about to cry. I don't know if that was storyline. I don't remember what the storyline was, so maybe they were supposed to. But I was like, did she slap this dude so hard? I think it was the big show. And I don't know if you know who the big show is, but he's like seven foot five. He's yeah. huge. I have no idea who the big show she is. She slapped him and was like, I'm pretty sure. But I think it was storyline. I think he was supposed to. But still. Um, but yeah, she she was taught you don't hold back. You just go in for the slap. And boy, I've seen her slap some people where I was just like, yeah, you know that. Hurt. Probably hurts her hand too. I don't know. Um, now... One of the other things I've always liked about Stephanie McMahon, she n- does not mind being the butt of the joke. Aw, that's like a, being a good sport, though. Now, this may sound... This may not sound right coming from a Christian podcast, but at one point in time, let's just say she needed a bigger shirt size. Well, she was doing a segment with Chris Jericho where they knew, like, he had the conversation with her ahead of time. And they were like, hey, I'm supposed to make fun of you. Can I make fun of this? She was totally on board with it. And she was like, because the fans are going to notice anyway if you don't. So let's just go for it and go with the gusto. Um, And if you remember those segments from... You know, Jericho and Steph McMahon, he was calling her some not nice things. But again, it was all in the stage of the story. She knew what he was going to say ahead of time. And Jericho's one of those dudes where if you don't feel comfortable saying something or him making fun of something, he kind of gets you permission ahead of time, right? I feel like that's so chivalrous of him. Yeah. That's so sweet. So, and they, they mentioned this in... This interview where she go, she was talking about how, yes, we talked about this ahead of time, how you were going to make fun of this and make fun of that. And he called her uh, names that we're not going to call on this show, but <laughs> um, basically alluding to her sleeping around with the, the, with the, the, the wrestlers, which she never did. Um, but yeah, so, but again, it was all in the story. They planned it out before, and she pre-approved everything out of, you know, out of, you know. Anyway, but I've always liked the fact when, when people of authority are like, yeah, I'll be the butt of the joke, it's fine. Well, because it just shows that they're not going to take themselves too seriously. Yeah. And, yeah, she just didn't, didn't take herself seriously. She didn't take, um that aspect of her character seriously um and i've always liked that i've always respected that 
Um, and yes, she is a woman's champion. Now, keep in mind, um, when she won the woman's championship, uh, she won it from cheating, and she cheated to keep it. But again, she's a heel. That's what heels do. Uh, it also hid the fact that she was not a well-trained wrestler. She was still being trained at the time. So, uh, let's see. What else? What else? Uh, what are you curious about? Because I could ramble on, but I mean. I guess if, like, I don't know if Stephanie McMahon has ever been asked this in interviews, but probably. Probably. If she was going to do something, like, say she hadn't been born into this wrestling family, what do you think she'd be doing? Like, has she talked about that? Like, hey, if I wasn't going to be taking I mean, over WWE, here's what I would do instead. That's what I'm curious about. I love that question for people. That's a real good question because she was born into this business. So, um, I don't know that I don't have an answer for that because I'm not Stephanie McMahon. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, just based on the, the few interviews that you've seen of her or that I've seen, she seems like a person who wants to help people. So it would probably be some kind of... But I'll have to figure that out because that's a really interesting question. And my um, other... Like, again, if I could sit down and have an interview with Stephanie McMahon, it would be... If you weren't taking over the WWE, like if you weren't born in a wrestling family, what would you want to be doing? Mm-hmm. And, like, question one. Question two, how often, like, do you get to travel? Like, what is the most, the place that you've been around the globe that you're like, wow, I really enjoyed it there. I wish, like, I could have a second home there. Because I'm assuming, again, with all the work that she's doing with WWE, that she is going to be putting in a lot of miles on her frequent flyer card. Let's just say this. If she's anything like her dad... Her dad is at every single Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view. And they're in a new city every week. So, I'm surprised. I wouldn't even own a home. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you're going to own a home. But you're not around that often. Wow. Yeah. I would own a bus. Like, I wouldn't own a... But again, she's got kids and, like, a husband and dogs and a family. So, like, they have to own a home. But... Um, those are good questions. Those are phenomenal questions. Um, well, because we've even seen different wrestling events that take place in, like, Saudi Arabia, and then they have people from Japan that come over, like... Yeah. I feel like Japan would be a really cool place to visit. What? Oh, absolutely. One thing And their style of wrestling is so different from... Strong style. Yeah. You're really getting hit. Um... (laughs) She, but, she could take some of those those slaps and be like, hey, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Anyway, so I do know that for a couple weeks out of the year, WWE does an entire tour of uh, Europe. Oh, my goodness. Why have you never told me that before? Because it's not televised. Like, they still do Von SmackDown, but they'll do, they'll have a leg, the, a Europe leg of, the, of yeah, where... The wrestlers are legit. They don't come home for a solid two and a half, two yeah, two weeks or so. 
see that like sign me up i would love to be like yes let me take well, two weeks and just go to europe but i'm assuming they're like they're woke it's like not a vacation no trip. they they're doing five shows a week so that way they could see their fans who live in that part of the world or if you're someone like finn balor or uh becky lynch they can go home oh because they're from ireland um and like Seamus, it's just not part of europe it's part of the united kingdom but they 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 go to ireland and they yeah. go to like yeah and like they do have to get on a plane and fly very far away yes um yeah i don't know geography but let's go back to the episode so <laughs> what else you want to know about miss steph mcmahon how does she balance her work life and her home life? Because like you said, <laughs> she's married. She has kids. Her husband also, I'm assuming, works for her slash with her. Like, how does that work? Is he they, also going to be like co-owner well, of the WWE? Before Vince left, he was COO of hmm. WWE. So they work together. They are partners. They are literally taking over. They work together, they're married, so I'm assuming they also live together, they have kids together. Like, how do you make that work without being like, oh my god, I just need a break. I'd like, like, can you imagine being like, hey, I'm going to see you in the boardroom, and then a few hours later. I'm going to see you in the bedroom. I know, right? Like, It's probably not a few hours later, it's probably seven or eight hours later. You just need, like, that time and that space. Like, how does she get away from it all? Home gym. Home gym. See, that would not be what so, I would do. So, <laughs> in, in the same interview with Chris Jericho. Oh, are you gonna link that in the description? I'll have below? to. I'll have to find it. Because that's but my favorite thing to say on there. It's <laughs> on the, or at least it was on the WD network. I don't know where it is on the network. I'll have to find it. But um, she does say one of the things that her and her husband do to balance out is they do workouts after their kids go to bed. Mm-hmm. Which is usually about midnight to 2 a.m. And then they go to bed. And then they wake up at 6. I don't know when they sleep. Well, okay. So, like, you personally, somehow you survive off of five hours of sleep and you do great. Yeah. I don't know. But even your neurologist has been like, hey, like, it's working for you. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. I don't know how they balance it, but they do. And even, you know, even Triple H has done interviews where he's like, dude, I don't know how we do it, but we do. We make it work. Well, and just like what we've watched of the Bella Twins. Yes. We're going to do an episode on them. Because they, like, again, is Brie the one that's married to Daniel? Uh, Yes. There was a hesitation there. Are they not married? They're married, yes. Okay, I was like, what? (laughs) Yes, they are. But you were saying. Well, because, like, he's a professional wrestler. She's on the road a lot. Like, we'll talk about them during their episode. But anyway, I I just, I feel like in that kind of industry, any sort of industry where you have to be very physical, like, because it is a sport. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take time to rest, but I don't know about you, but I would not be like, oh, yes, let me work out for two hours in the middle of the night. Well, one, part of it is, especially for someone like Triple H and Stephanie, for when they are on TV, 
they're probably gonna there's gonna be a quote-unquote physical altercation they have mm -hmm. to be in, in shape right in this company you have to be in shape of some nature um and two i think it just you know it just it's become part of their routine do you think that there's any expectation that their kids will take over the company or is it just going to go to whoever is deemed worthy at that moment in time i'm gonna say i hope so i'm really gonna say i hope so um to have it be the third generation actually it would be the fourth because vince oh, McMahon yeah. got the company from his dad so the fourth generation of but, man but you'd also have to understand that like um uh shane mcmahon has kids yes so if they decide to get into the family business it would like he has sons i think stephanie has daughters which i think is funny um um but yeah if they want to it'd be great you we'll see. I mean? We'll we'll give it what about another three decades. I, I mean, I don't know how old her kids are. I'm not well, going to no, sit I mean, there between now and like when she when, might when she steps down. Yes. Yeah. Um, if she steps down, she might be like her dad and be like, "Okay, you're like <laughs> you're close. You're well past retirement age. It's time to hang it up." But see, in a way, I sort of understand his perspective, and that sounds so weird to even think about that I would be putting myself in Vince McMahon's shoes. But, like, if I had inherited a company from my father and, like, my entire life was this business, I don't think I'd want to give it up very easily. But we hope that Stephanie and Triple H, we know that they're going to do a good job. I think they're going to do great. Um... I think, and I'm glad you got into that because that's, I wanted to talk about this anyway. I honestly think that because Vince, not because Triple H, let's go there, has a different idea on how, who should be promoted within the company and, and who should be pushed within the company and storylines. I think he's just going to come up with creative stories, but I, I honestly hope that Stephen McMahon puts it into effect where, you know, people who've been forgotten in the WWE start to get that push that they deserve. Especially some of the women that are back there that are busting their butt. Some of the smaller talent who aren't built like a Mack truck but who can wrestle. Let's put them into a position. Um, but I think Stephanie's going to do a great job. Uh, and I'm excited to see kind of what that next step is. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, let's... One thing that I think we should talk about real quick, because we're at the, like, what, 20-minute mark or whatever. Um, let's see. Almost 25. Yeah. Let's talk about... Different, because you and I sat and watched um, the evil episode of, of Stephen McMahon. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> and you saw some of the storylines that she'd been involved in. You may not remember any of them. Do what do you remember? Let's go there. It was a little while ago, so if you don't remember, that's fine. So. 
mostly what I, I like I don't really remember her wrestling per se but I do remember her just kind of like talking smack with the microphone she talks smack um so she, there was a long storyline between her and her father um where he sold her off to be married to the undertaker so again, kind of relating back to our Esther episode. Yeah. Um, and again, at the time, if she the was... Undertaker was King Xerxes? Yes. Know. At the time, she was maybe 18. Like, she was a child. Um, I mean, she might have been younger. I don't even remember. That's not important. So, in order to, the storyline goes, in order to get him back... Uh, I'm trying to... Oh... She turned on him and kicked him in the nads. So, you know, how often do you get to do that to your dad? She I feel like I, I would not want to do that to my dad, but I yeah. am also not Stephanie McMahon, so. She's also slapped her mom on TV. Um, I, I just feel like. Their family dynamic Can is you weird. imagine, like, Thanksgiving or, like, a Christmas morning breakfast? Like, how See, awkward that could be? <laughs> that's the question I would ask. Like, what does that look like? Because, again, it's storyline. So, like, everyone agrees to the storyline ahead of time. I would assume. I'm going to assume all family members, you know, shake hands before the match or whatever. Um, but. Dad's I, just sitting there with frozen peas on the couch. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, what you do is you kick the leg, not the nuts. But, you know. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, that happens. But. I don't think that there's any real animosity amongst the family members. And if there is, how, how do they work? That would be my question. I think you would have to really have this delineation between this is what is happening in the ring. This is what is happening at home. Yeah. So, yeah. it, it Like I said, to live in the McMahon family would be... It would be strange, to say the least. Well, they would probably think living in our family would be strange, A hundred percent. They're like, wait, you guys don't fight on a weekly basis? Because <laughs> at one point in time, it was pretty weekly. Um, like maybe in the 90s or going the end of the, the 90s, into yeah. the 2000s. I mean, every week was dad versus mom, you know, mom versus whatever. I mean, heck, they, yeah, we're not going into that. Wait, so anything else on Stephanie McMahon before we wrap up the episode? No, I I feel like the month of August is, I don't know how it's going to be for our listeners. Hopefully, it's you, you guys are going to be able to have as much fun as we're having. Yeah. But I think, like, if this initial episode is any indication, we are in for a really fun month. And here's the thing. Steph McMahon is well-known in the company. I'm actually going to try to put some light on some not so well known wrestlers. Oh, okay. So we'll see um, who the spotlight finds in the coming weeks. If necessary, I might do more than one wrestler a week. Perfect. That again, like that is this is yeah. the podcast that like Anthony plans and prepares for and Beautiful Feet podcast is really more of a collaborative effort. AKA she does it. But this is really all Anthony and I'm just like here with my non-wrestling insights. Yes, but that means that's why I ask you questions because yeah, 
if it's just me talking, nobody wants to hear that. But if you're asking questions, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to go ahead. We're going to close it up. Uh, next week, we're going over chapter two. No. Nope. Sorry, three and four. Three and four of Esther. And I don't know which wrestler we're going to talk about yet because psh, haven't planned that far. Uh, it's been a busy week. Haven't been able to really plan. So we're kind of putting this like together. It should be like almost like names from a hat. Just like put some names on a board. And um, just be like, okay, boom, here we go. Alright, maybe that's what we'll do. Anyway, so you wanna do the plugs? So stay tuned, sports fans. Wow. This is the Wrestling with Faith podcast. If you've liked what you've listened to today, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestling with Faith. For the Beautiful Feet podcast, you can also visit us at www.beautifulfeetentertainment.com to leave comments and also view some of our archived um, articles. We have different movie reviews available. So be sure to like, share, and subscribe for the Beautiful Feet podcast at Beautiful Feet Entertainment on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like a little light reading to wrap up the rest of your summer, Anthony has his self-published first book of poetry, The Sanctuary of My Solitude, available on iUniverse and Amazon.com. Be sure to listen to us on Anchor and other platforms where your podcasts can be found. This has been another episode of the Beautiful Feet Podcast and the Wrestling with Faith Podcast. And let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the examples that we get to see, not only biblically, um, but just in our everyday lives of people who are strong and powerful, um, but who use that to help others. Um, we ask God that you would be with us this week. Help be our encouragement and our strength. Give us wisdom in our difficult times. And help us just to lean on your understanding and not on our own. We thank you and we praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with another episode of Wrestling with Faith. Thank you for listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast, a partnership of BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Please feel free to follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. Please visit BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com and do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.